friends, welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark, coming to you at the delightful East Coast time of 9.42, following a Dallas Mavericks victory over the New York Knicks. They won 99-86. to It was the kind of game that I didn't really expect. The Mavericks really got into the mud, held the Knicks uh, to, to probably one of their worst offensive performances of the year outside of a a flurry related, you know, in relation to the game in the fourth quarter, the Mavericks really put the clamps on the Knicks in a way that was really surprising. Uh, Julius Randle was five of 20 for the field. RJ Barrett, three of 11, Derek Rose, one of 10. Uh, and that was pretty much the ball game. The Knicks only shot 36% from the field. Uh, the Mavericks offensively were kind of all over the map sort of game where, you know, Luca finished with a real nice stat line, 26, eight and seven Porzingis with 14 and eight. Uh, but it was really not a particularly good offensive basketball game for anybody other than uh, Jalen Brunson, who uh, is really just on an absolute tear. He finished with 14.7 rebounds and five assists. He was a ridiculous plus 33. Um, just the kind of game where it's, it's really easy to probably overreact to certain aspects of the game. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith struggled on wide open threes again, but then he had eight rebounds. Uh, Josh Richardson somehow uh, blew like a wide open layup. Like there were all sorts of missed cue alley-oops. Just a very ugly offensive game for the Mavericks, um, but yet they made it through. Uh, you know, there's some funny stuff that we should probably start paying attention to at some point. Like Luca is absolutely going to miss time because of the uh, uh, technical foul stuff. So it's it's getting a little it's getting it's getting pretty funny. Um, I'm wondering when it's going to happen, not if uh, he's getting. I mean, Jason in the chat is noting that the technicals are, are ridiculous and some of them are, but they're still happening. So at some point, you know, we got to start talking about what it might mean for the Mavericks. Um, you know, just looking at the rest of it, it's, it's, you know, Dwight Powell slogged through 12 minutes where he didn't grab a single rebound and missed a couple of easy plays. Uh, you know, Melly probably had his ugliest game as the Mavericks so far, but you know, Kleba with a, a weird seven and seven game. Um, I, there's not going to be too much I'm taking away from this game. I'm glad that the Mavericks got the win over the Knicks just so they could, could kind of shake KP out of his funk because man, did that guy look, uh, look in his own head. It's pretty frustrating early and often, but what are you going to do? All right. So I'm going to start bringing on guests, uh, coming up first is going to be Jack. Jack, how's it going? Man, I just wanted to talk about moving forward. Um, basically, um, the roster rotations and considering we don't have Willie Colley Stein right now and JJ Redick. Um, and I know that you've talked about before how you worried about Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba kind of getting turned into dust. <laughs> um, and I know Rick can be um, weird about who he plays, especially, um, you know, given his switching between Dwight Powell and Willie Cauley-Sign when he had both of them. But I just think that given the way that Dwight Powell has played recently, um, it's kind of become clear that he's become unplayable and they might actually turn to Willie Cauley-Stein and J.J. Redick once they come back, in addition to Melly, to kind of give these players um, maybe more around like 30, 25 to 30 minutes because Josh Richardson didn't play a lot um, this game. And so I'm just wondering your thoughts about what, the, what you think their plan might be um, to kind of give more of our bench players and um, other players not named Luca and KP um, 
to kind of dwindle their minutes down to maybe more of like 25 to 30 range before we get into playoffs. Right. Just something doing something. And I, I, it's probably going to be very matchup dependent. Um, I really hope that to a, to an extent they do start considering these things past Luca and KP. Uh, you know, you Maxi played 36 minutes and I had somebody message me during the game to ask if Dorian Finney Smith was hurt just because of kind of how he was laboring at times. And, you know, they, they play again tomorrow night. So it's, these sort of things that, that are really worth considering. I, I think with Redick, I don't know how many games they're going to have left by the time he comes back. So that was game, what was it, 47, something like that. And they have to play 72 or 70, I can't remember. So they have 20-ish games remaining, 20, 25 games. I know, if, I know he said on his, sorry, I know he said on his sure. podcast, I, I watched his podcast about his trade coming to the Mavs, and he said that he felt close. But I know... Considering that, given we uh, rest Luca in Porzingis, they might bring him back with only a few games left. So I, I do think that um, he'll only have a short time in the regular. Let's sort of let's sort of split the difference. So so today is April second. Uh, let's say they bring him back mid month, April fourteenth. So to, roughly two weeks from now, that's the Memphis game. They play one, two, three, four, five, six. They play seven, six games between then and Memphis, and so the. For me, if they're able to play Redick, and if he's available, let's say he's available for for 18 games. If he plays in 12 of those and plays anywhere north of of eight total minutes, that's going to be a win for me. I know it's kind of ridiculous to get that granular, but this is what we're talking about in terms of stealing small moments for certain guys. Uh, I, you know, we've seen um, Willie Cauley Stein play already, and he has his ups and downs. He's a different kind of frustrating than Dwight, but overall he's bigger and he's just that size allows him to do a little more. Um, and so I, I suspect he comes in and takes some of those minutes. I mean, I, I they they just have to extend this rotation a little bit. You know, they played nine guys tonight, and then even Josh play. Green. Mm-hmm. They have to. Well, Josh Green is 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 kind, you know is going to become a hobby horse just because number one when he's in the game he's not that bad he's a little fretnik but he's the good the good chaos yeah and even if he's the bad chaos so is Trey Burke you know oh my god <laughs> like it, Melly was twelve minutes of nothing tonight to be quite Mos- honest Mosley must have you know just not wanted to get hammered by Rick about <laughs> playing Josh Green. <laughs> So I, I think they just they have to figure out something. Tonight was a good game for that in in that the minutes totals across the board were down for the for the non Luca KP guys. I was sort of surprised to see Porzingis get reinserted in the end. I'm glad for him kind of momentum wise because he was I mean he was a plus sixteen when he was on the floor, but he was rushing a whole lot. Defensively was it was another game where his presence was very positive. Uh, but I'm surprised that they played 34 minutes with him just because they're playing the Wizards tomorrow night, which is where I live, and they play at 7 p.m. local time, which is roughly 20 hours from now um, when tip-off would be. Or 20, yeah, 21 hours. I can't do math. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens with them. But they, they do need to figure out and really start extending these minutes in small stretches. Uh, I, I don't – just to build confidence. This is something that should have happened more, but they really got to do it now because otherwise I think these guys are just going to be too tired in the playoffs. Well, Jack, do you got anything else before you get on out of here? And I'm going to bring up some more folks. Just one more thing. We missed like six wide open layups. I don't think I've seen that all season. Uh, 
And I mean, we it would have been a blowout had we made. And Luca, oh my God, I when is he going to start hitting free throws consistently? Like it just seems like he goes on such a good run, and we shoot so well as a team from the free throw line. And then as soon as he starts shooting terribly, the whole team starts missing and, and lacks. Sure. Well, then they didn't get to the line much at all as a team. They were five for ten from from the free throw line. It's a good observation. Luca's not getting to the line near as much as he was in the first thirty games, and compared to last season, where last season he was shooting over nine a game, and I don't, I, I can look this up right now, but he's shooting in the neighborhood of seven a game, and he, he's, it feels much worse than it is. Jason, who's who's in the in the chat, pointed out it's like when he hits seven eleven, that's actually pretty pretty good for him. Um, we should be kind of content with about 75%, but it feels like he misses the front end and that's very frustrating, but I think that that's at least worth, you know, kind of talking about, but I'm just glad they didn't bite them in the butt for the second straight game. Yeah, for real. All right. That's all I got. Thanks so much. Thanks for coming up. All right. I'm going to bring up Xavier who's been waiting. How you doing, Xavier? Hey, how's it going, Kirk? So usually I come here, I want to, you know, I want to get nerdy about the Mavs and, talk stats and X's and O's, but honestly, today I just feel like a true fanatic. Maybe it's because I'm from New York and, you know, I've been a How's that feel? Yeah, how's that feel getting that win finally? Because they didn't think I got worked last year in New York. Uh, We Honestly, I can tell you that the two lowlights of last year was going 0-2 against the Knicks and getting (laughs) countless texts and DMs. Knicks Twitter is just the worst part. It's it's the worst part of Twitter, and Nick Central in particular. And every time KP gets hurt or stubs a toe, my mentions get filled with a bunch of Nick haters. So today, <laughs> honestly, we haven't experienced a true rivalry since like the Dirk Tim Duncan era. So for me, the Knicks are rivals. Maybe it's just in my head. So today's win was like my Super Bowl. And Outstanding. Owning that, but I enjoyed every second of that ugly win because for me, it meant the world. But that's all I had to say. You I'm know? glad for you. That that's good because I'm kind of watching that game and I'm like what are we going to talk about in the post game I'm glad you came up to, to to say your piece because that's that's really fun I I for one have kind of really grown to enjoy a lot of Knicks people because uh, I'm on the east coast as well and I just know a lot of fans and their hatred for KP is the kind of pure sports hate that that it's really one of the only things that's like allowed anymore you're really not we're not supposed to hate people but sports hate is fun and they just do not like Porzingis for a lot of good reasons, to be clear. Uh, for some of the reasons that I get frustrated with KP. But it's it's nice to get that win. I'm glad for KP. He got that alley-oop there in the end, which was really nice. Because I'm watching that game, and at one point, he had he had missed. Uh, he had hit 1 of 11 from 3 in his last two games in New York. So it's really something else watching watching him struggle. And then he finally got one to go. You know, I, I, I talked about this during the game, but it's worth bringing up now. I criticize Porzingis a lot because I think he could do more. When that man flashes across the middle, they have to hit him in the hands so he can get a shot up. Luca or someone else hitting him late on a bounce pass for a seven foot three guy adds wasted motion. So then he ends up getting a little janky with the shot. He's off balance. They have to do more to help him. Um, I, he's not the superstar he thinks he is, but they sometimes put him in unfortunate situations that drive me nuts. Anyways. All right. Well, thanks for coming up, Xavier. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I mean, other than that, I mean, I mean, to talk about the off season, right? So I think obviously the free agent crop isn't there that we expected. So at this point, I mean, 
No, you know what? I won't even get into that. I'll just appreciate this one and let somebody else go up. Appreciate it. I like it. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, coming up next, I'm going to bring on, let's see here, Christian's been waiting. Christian, what's up? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How you doing? I'm feeling good after a win. I'm going to get all this stuff done, and I am either going to be able to go to bed before midnight or I'll play video. Yeah, I just got the game Outsiders. It's pretty nice if you have a chance to get it. Um, But I was going to say, I think the one thing um, that I appreciated about this game was really the job Maxi, KP, and Help did on Julius Randle. And I think that was really an underlying part and or an emphasized part of our win. So they did a fantastic. I think you're right. It, it, you know, it's one thing when a guy starts missing, but he's too—he's too talented and too physical of a player to go like he did, unless it's also the defense bothering him. Um, he had a one real nice jumper over Maxi that kissed the glass and went in, where it was just—it was a really solid reminder of that guy's skill. Mavs fans obviously love him to death, and they. They should just for his his local ties. Um, I was I spent like part of the game thinking about hashtags that went on whenever he was at uh, University of Kentucky. Uh, uh, mishandle for Randall was one of was just in my head. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 I think that's a good point. Really enjoyed uh, that level of, of defense. I, I think this this is the kind of game it's going to skew their stats. I don't think the Knicks were like the, the the Mavericks weren't as good at defense as things implied but you know you take it where you can get it and and I'm I'm for one pretty happy yeah i i think you know it it seemed to bother him it seemed he was being a bit passive and trying to just kind of set up screens i haven't watched enough Knicks basketball to be 100% honest whether that was all maxi or whatnot but i just you know hats off to him especially with the minutes he's played this season you know great work um and hopefully you know the team shows up tomorrow i'm a bit worried about them sitting um i'm a bit worried about them being tired on this road trip but you know good win and appreciate chatting yep thanks for coming up all right i'm gonna bring on eddie next who's been patiently waiting eddie how are you uh hey kirk um so uh, I got introduced to this by uh, uh, my friend Payman, and uh, it's just ironic. Uh, we were talking about how um, the Knicks uh, have consistently been like a thorn in the side for the Mavs. And uh, one thing that we brought up is how the Suns have also kind of been a thorn in the side for the Mavs. I think they've won at least three on us. But with the playoffs approaching, uh, it looks like the uh, Mavs might land in that either that seven or six seed. I was just wondering if you'd rather see them in the seven playing the Suns, who are a little bit don't have as much experience, I'd say, as other teams, or us playing the Clippers at six? Ooh, good question. So you're assuming that they get out of the playing tournament if they're at seven, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. I would much rather play the Clippers if only for the extra added day's rest. That play-in tournament is going to be harrowing. It's going to be – I can't remember the structure of it exactly, but you have to win – twice i think i i can't remember but it's it's enough chaos to where i would just personally be on high alert for every single day until they were to either get in or get out and if they're in that tournament and then they possibly lose all hell will break loose on 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 mad social media i'm as as much as i enjoy chaos and being grumpy uh, give me the time off and frankly let let's go play the clippers again someone in the in the chat talked about how, you know, a, a, like the Clippers could be considered rivals. I like that as, as a thing just because 
Luca, uh, I, I think Luca exists in Paul George's head. Um, there's enough <laughs> clips of him dropping uh, Paul George. I, it's just, it's a fun idea to me. Plus, Rondo is on the Clippers now, and I hate Rondo. So there's just a lot of that going for me. But and then I, I talked about this earlier today because I spend too much time on this app. I did one earlier today. The Chris Paul and and really the the Suns just sort of frighten me. Um, I, I, I I don't like saying that out loud. I don't like being scared of a team. But Paul is is a killer in the same way Luca is. Only he is better at being a killer because he's older and wiser and meaner. So that's where my brain is with that. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see what you're, uh, what you're saying there. For some reason, Paul just, I think there are those players out there who just have like a playoff mode. And I mean, Chris Paul is a great player all year, but I feel like he would be, that would be kind of the veteran that the Mavs haven't really seen yet in the playoffs. So I agree with you on that. And my friend Pamon did as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, and keep spreading, spreading the gospel of Mavs Moneyball group chat. It's how we have a ton of people in this room, which is getting kind of. You know, it's it's the Warriors. If you check out, like, one of the Warriors rooms, there's, like, 300 people because they got absolutely plastered tonight by the the uh, the, the Toronto team. So those yeah. guys are all freaking out. But we're just having a nice time hanging out in here. So keep <laughs> telling your friends about it, and I appreciate you coming up on stage. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Sure thing. All right, up next is Brad, who's been patiently waiting. Brad, how's it going? Let me – can you hear me? Oh, yeah, you sound great. All right, perfect. So my main question is about Josh Richardson because we saw him take 10 shots, hit half of them for 11 points, but there's zero free throws created, and that's not entirely efficient. And when you have that coupled with what has been at least slightly above average defense, I just think we would rather lean heavily one way or the other. It's like, would you rather have a more potent offensive creator or like a more stout defensive player in his place? Or is he just the best case scenario where we're at? It's a tough question. I my personal preference is more offense because I like points. Defense is, you know, something that I should like more. No one tell my high school coach he would kill me. Um, but I just like watching offense more. And frankly, in the NBA, defense is harder to play now. They call so much that it's really a, a bit difficult. In the Mavs defensive scheme, where they use that drop coverage, I have never liked it. And and it doesn't it, considering that Carlisle really doesn't put Richardson on the best guy anyways. It's I would like if if we're talking hypotheticals and I would like somebody better from there. What's crazy is that Richardson when he scores ten or more points, the Mavericks are have a pretty good record. When he scores under ten points, they've yet to win. I think is is the stat, and it's like they need him to do a little bit of something, and and it's kind of painful watching him play offense the last five or six games because he's he's high with that dribble loose with the ball he takes those kind of like like very west matthews-esque like post up jump like turnaround jumpers and i not my thing i i'm not really a fan of richardson at the moment but when you look at the lineup you look at the roster i like hardaway coming in off the bench just as a change of pace because if if hardaway is the starter instead then, then Richardson's the change of pace, and that change of pace kind of sucks at offense. Yeah, I, I think you described him as having his feet set in concrete at one point, which I find <laughs> very accurate. And, like, I, I'm curious. I think we'd be much better served having a more efficient secondary creator out there just to make sure that things don't just get lost in the shit. And yeah. we're stuck with just clunking up shots anytime Luca can't create the best possible shot well it's it's pretty it's odd i don't want to say it's frustrating because 
Jalen Brunson, when Brunson is the primary initiator, almost everything he's doing is looking to score, which, let me be clear, I'm fine with, because when the man passes, weird things happen. But there's <laughs> got to be somebody else available that isn't, you know, honestly, the best player for it would have been Goran Dragic, and he's with the Heat. I'm not sure if he's with the Heat next year. He's also fairly up in years, but he's that kind of archetype of a scoring point guard that can actually pass the ball. Uh, you know, beyond the fact that, that he's, he's Lucas countryman and they seem to really get along well, he's, he's that kind of guy that I, that I would like to see in, in kind of a secondary ball handler role for the Mavericks at some point, but I just don't know where they get that. I don't know where they get it for a reasonable price. Uh, we'll get to the off season at some point in, in, in the year, but you know, with 25 games left, there's just, it's, it's, this is, you know, these are the guys. These are the guys that have brought us in the dance, and and we're gonna have to enjoy it, and it's or or scream at them, you know, depending on what the outcome of the game is, and and you know, right now we're riding a two game win streak against the East, and I don't know, being uh, five games over five hundred is is a pretty wild and good feeling, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's time to just enjoy it. Thank you for having me on. Sure thing. All right, coming up next is friend of the program, Lance. How are you, Lance? What's going on, Kirk? How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine. Marvelous. Okay, so I have two things I want to say. I guess I'll start with the bad, well, in the Mavs case, good. I genuinely thought Julius Randle was going to have a like a great performance against Dallas, and for whatever reason, he stank. You can say that, you know, the Knicks kind of had just like a, a porous offense and also a mix of, you know, Kleba and KP disrupting him. So I guess whatever you want to say about that, but also – I think the Mavs need to find more avenues of getting Brunson and Luca on the floor together. Well, I mean, I wonder how many minutes they played together tonight. But if you go look at their lineup stuff, they have to play plenty um, because the Mavericks aren't playing enough people. Like they're playing eight guys, so they <laughs> like they got to share it together. I do like these minutes, and it's I have no way of proving this off the top of my head, but I do feel like Luca is when they're sharing the ball together or sharing the floor together, Luca is off ball almost the entire time, which I really like. I like Luca is the screener. I like Luca in some uh, uh, kind of weak side action that I feel like wasn't happening his first two seasons because he should be, you know, like the way the Mavericks use Porzingis a lot of the time as, as like a, a gravity threat. They can do that with Luca too. And, and the, it's, it's, and I think, frankly, that Brunson is benefiting as a direct result of it. It's not that he's just getting these points on his own, although I will have to admit he is just unbelievably crafty in that five foot to the basket range. So that, that, that is something I, I think we should probably, you know, I'll, I'll maybe see if somebody at, at the Mavs wants or Mavs Moneyball wants to kind of, you know, look into that a little bit more. Um, so, sorry, Kirk, I was just going to say, uh, so pertaining to like to them being on the court at the same time, I looked this up. I actually wrote an article like earlier this week. Uh, the numbers slightly changed, but they're still positive. But per cleaning the glass, Luca and Doncic, any lineup that they're in together, they're a plus eleven point eight per hundred possessions. Luca and Brunson, yes, which <laughs> is higher than I thought it was going to be. And I, I don't know, like I understand, like Richardson, why he's on the court defensively and everything. But like you said, sometimes we, the Mavs need Luca to be off ball, and I think that's the only way that you can kind of have Luca off ball for more than like a couple possessions at a time is to have Jalen on the floor. No, I mean, I think there's something to it and there has to be something to it tonight in specific because Brunson played 25 minutes. Richardson played 27. 
Uh, I, I don't know what, let's, let's see what Brunson's average is just while we're, while we're meandering and, and for the game. For the season, he's averaging, well, I guess he's averaging about 25 minutes a game. Um, that's about right for him. I wonder where they kind of stole some of those because Richardson's been playing like 35 minutes a game. But I, I agree with you. There's, there's got to be something. And, and the Knicks were the last team I would have thought that this would have happened against because the Knicks are big. They're kind of big in all positions and they're a really good defensive team. And they did not, I don't know. Did, did they impress you that much tonight with their defense? I, I didn't really see anything that was that You know what I thought it was a product more so of? I think it was just players missing easy shots. Like, on my timeline, I just spat off, like, four sequences where the Mavs miss easy layups, dunks, alley-oop dunks. And, and I think uh, New York was kind of doing the same thing. They were missing a lot of easy inside looks. Like Yeah. I just think it was a sloppy game, and the Mavs just happened to kind of find their rhythm like at the right time, which sure. happened to be when Brunson hit that open three in, in the left corner. Like, I don't know, I I don't know, if, I don't know if that's coincidence or not, but I mean, that's when they kind of found the rhythm. No, it's it's. I think, I think I think you're right. I think you're right because the the game kind of got out of hand pretty quickly after that, where it had been like a three point game for a big chunk of the fourth. Um, all right, Lance, appreciate you as always. You got anything else before we uh, move on? No, I'm looking forward to see everybody else's opinions, and I, and I love to see all these people in here because I know I'm not going to go in the, the Golden State Warriors uh, locker room because it's just too many people. Up. <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> right. We got, a, we got a nice number here, though. Everybody, you know, I see a lot of the same faces, and if anybody wants to, to come up on stage and talk, please feel free to. Um, all right, I think we got one more guy. We got my man, Jesse. Jesse, what's happening? What's up, Kirk? Good win, good win. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, like the defense, to me, I mean, I know it was a little sloppy, but I, I, it was really impressive. Like, we held them to 17 points in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, uh, Maxie, I thought Maxie was amazing because, you know, he he really put uh, put it on Randall. Randall was a negative 18 and Maxie was a plus 25. Like, that was kind of the stark difference between the two. Um I also thought, you know, uh, having um, having Barrett go, you know, three for eleven from the field. I just think we this team when when KP and Maxi are really playing good defense. Like I feel like we're built for the playoffs. It starts to give me a little bit of hope there. Uh, and you know, I really, you know, this is like the fifth time this year we've held our opponent to under ninety. Um, I just think Good like that you're right about that. Yeah. So it's like, I, I just, I, I, I want to be positive because I was a little negative earlier today. So it was just like, I really like the defense. I like, I don't think we could have fathomed this sort of defensive uh, effort uh, maybe last year. So uh, what do you think about the defense? Do you think it's sustainable in the playoffs? What- I think the defense is sustainable insofar as when Porzingis is engaged defensively. I keep using that that uh, Valentine's Day game against the Blazers as kind of my reference point for when things were really, really bad. And they were, because he wasn't moving, and he was a key reason why they lost. If I'm going to kick him in the pants for that sort of stuff, i got to give him props in a game like tonight and really these past several games where he is being all seven foot three. He's being that the athlete. He's also moving side to side much better than he has than at least that I thought he was. Where I talk about uh, a 
quicksand a lot in concrete when I'm when I'm making my metaphors. And sometimes I mean it metaphorically, and sometimes I mean like it sometimes looks like these players simply cannot move their feet. And Porzingis had that problem because he was coming back from a knee injury and because he just, you know, he's he's kind of a so he's an interesting athlete. He's a very good athlete, but he kind of has some some quirks to him where when things don't look right with him, it they look really wrong. And I'm really pleased with how he is working because they design, you know, their defense conceptually thinking about the fact that they have Porzingis as the anchor to kind of do some cleanup, which allows Dorian Finney-Smith and then Jay, uh, Josh Richardson, man, I almost called him Jason Richardson, uh, to do what they can in in kind of a an NBA that doesn't allow a lot of outside contact from you know unless you're guarding Luka Doncic of course and and so I, I the team effort overall I'm just really pleased with I the fact that they were managed that they managed to steal minutes with Dwight Powell at center where Powell got turned around in that zone like that's pretty incredible to me that it was just a really rough game uh, offensively for the Knicks but you know the, a lot of that uh, the more I think about it the Mavericks just did a good job. And and I'm pleased that this is the point in the season when you when you when we're seeing this because I talked er, uh, early in the season on podcasts where it's like I I you know as much, as frustrating as this was and the Mavericks were like eight and thirteen I'd much rather them be bad early than late because I will for the rest of my life remember the 2007 Mavericks that's just going to be a thing where they were so they were so good at one point they were 52 and four over a stretch. And then they just played 500 ball, and then they ran into the Golden State Warrior buzzsaw. I'd much rather have the Mavericks play. You know, if you look at their schedule, we talked about this this afternoon. They have the opportunity to go in the playoffs on a crazy win streak if they if they really decide they want to go that route. I doubt they will. I, they'll probably rest some people, but I don't know. I'm I'm a game. These past two games, they won ugly. They won. They didn't collapse. There's enough there to where I, I I'm I'm feeling as bullish as somebody as grumpy as me can be, if that makes sense. Right, and props, props to Mosley for getting his uh, first win at the front of the bench. And, uh, you know, Carlisle's going to be back, though. He, they said that he's cleared to go back to uh, meet with the team. So we'll oh, see. Man. So I'm glad Carlisle's healthy, but the dark part of my brain wondered what would happen if he missed, like, six right. games. Like, what would happen to the rotation? Yeah, it'd be nice to have a sneak um, peek to see if that was the route we that we went maybe at some point. If uh, Mosley was the, yeah, well, you know, Mosley, I, I, he, he's a, he's a good coach. There are a lot of good coaches that just don't get opportunities, but he's a, he's a very charismatic guy, and I think the players respond to him, which is why he's hung around on the staff for so long. Like Carlos always had, always had some pretty, pretty good assistants. I'm really glad for him. You just reminded me I'm supposed to write after this game, so we'll, we'll see. Um, all right, Lance, or Jesse, you got anything else before we move on out? Oh uh, no, that there's a lot of people here. Sure thing. Appreciate you as always. All right, coming up next, I'm going to bring on Saeed. What's happening, my man? Hey, Kirk. Thanks for doing this again. Um, I, I like the defense a lot today, too. I don't know if it was maybe just because Mosley was at the head of the bench, and um, since he's the main uh, defensive coach. And going off the same thing, because I know whenever everybody's calling for Rick's head, um, if for some reason he was to be let go or just stop coaching at the end of the year. I think Mosley would be the next man up. So it was kind of interesting to see how he would play the rotations and stuff. Kind of felt like maybe he was just being a little safe, not playing the rookies as much, um, sticking to Dwight Powell, unfortunately. But I guess one good thing about playing Powell is he really makes me miss Willie Collie Stein sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, think about that sentence. Say that sentence again. 
Dwight Powell makes you really miss Willie Cauley Stein. We're in a dark, weird. For for real, for real, it sometimes feels like the Mavs went down to Fort Worth and asked them to asked them for their biggest linebacker and just told him to play center, and that's how they ended up with Dwight. <laughs> it, it honestly, it's it's bad, but I I still love the win, even if it was ugly. Um, and one thing I noticed with like KP is. As his defense has progressed, he seems less likely to just jack up those crazy shots. Maybe just the fact that he's playing better on defense, he's kind of calmed down and realized the fact that when he's not contributing as much on the offensive side, he can still do a lot on the defensive side and, for lack of better terms, feel useful. I certainly hope so, because some of these games, like the, they're not possible without him. Because when Luca, unless Luca's in, like, you know, cheating video game mode they're they're just not good enough to get some of these wins i was really I was, i'm glad for for him in that sense because i was ready to eject him into the sun in the first quarter because he was like one for nine at one point and then he got like a, a really nice uh lay-in and he sort of seemed to settle down he had a corner three or not corner like like a left wing three that was wide open from luca i was just glad because you know, there's a lot of chatter. People are asking me kind of all the time about, you know, what's going on with him and Luca? And I'm like, honestly, basketball's hard. That's the answer. Luca's really good. Luca's really impatient. And Porzingis is very calculating. They're two very different kinds of people, let alone players. So it's it's just good to see um, Luca get something, or I'm sorry, Porzingis, you know, kind of leave the game on a positive stretch. You know, his, his numbers are wild. Like he was a plus 15 or something like that, but he was. His shooting was terrible. He finally grabbed some rebounds. I, it, the kind of, the box score does not indicate how good of game he finished with. I guess is what I mean. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I'm be interesting to see how they do the the rest tomorrow with the Wizards. I'm assuming KP's probably going to end up sitting. Let's interested to see if they do anything with Luca. Hopefully, he ends up playing. Um, but I know he ended up tweaking his. I guess it was his foot or his knee or something like that. I don't know what. I mean, that dude runs. He looks. He looks terrible. Like. He's such a hard yeah. guy because at some point he's going to end up with a real injury and half of us are going to be like, ah, oh, he's fine. Because, I mean, the man <laughs> runs into the stanchion and is fine. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's, a, he's a little bit dramatic. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize like the next court was like that where it's different levels so so close to the actual court itself. didn't really make much sense why they did like that. Um, but, yeah, overall, I like the defensive performance. Offense was off, but at the end of the day, they got the win. Which uh, yeah, and I'm I'm very happy about that one. And they're playing here in my uh, current hometown tomorrow night, and they play at the ripe uh, old or old person time of of 6 p.m. Central. So everybody be ready for that one. The Wizards are capable of some frightening offensive performances. Uh, I, I do hope Luca plays because I think if Luca and KP both sit, the Mavericks get beat. They're not like Russell Westbrook will eat Brunson's lunch. I mean, he's had a very weird year overall, but he also had that, like, 35-20-15 game. Uh, he, he's, I don't know. The, the the Wizards are capable of some offense. They're not near as bad as they look like in the standings, so I'm hoping but, hoping for something interesting he, tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. I know, um, I guess it's over the last month or so, Russ has been going off. It'd be interesting to see, like, the defensive rotations they have. Um, if they end up putting, I'm guessing they put Jay Rich on Beal and then put Dorian on Russ, but it would be interesting to see how they play that out. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm and somebody in the chat said that Beal may sit. It's kind of hard to know what's going on at that at this point, but I'm pleased with it. I'm happy. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what's happening. I, I really wish, just for the people in the chat here, 
Um, I think I've, I've told the story before, but it's worth talking about again. The last time I went to a game's actual media, I uh, got, I went to the shoot around. It was New Year's Day, and I was hungover uh, because it was New Year's Day, and because I was like 26, and I got caught. Uh, chit-chatting with David Aldridge of all people just kind of talking about basketball and you know being an Austin that I was around like actual media people I remember uh Eddie Sefko was there and he was uh not kind um but I I got Suron ended and I didn't know I was supposed to leave and Carl basically (laughs) told me to leave the gym and I remember like like I was so embarrassed, so red fan. And like after that game was done, I covered it at the game, and I was like, "I'm just, I'm not doing this again." Like Carl made, you know, I, it was my fault. But anyways, um, all right. So, do you got anything else before I bring somebody else up? No, that's it. Uh, thanks, thanks for doing these again. Sure thing, as always. Um, let's see here. We got a couple more people. Landon, how are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you sound great. <laughs> oh, Shin. Uh... How's it going, man? Thanks for bringing uh, me on. Uh, it's it's good to be in a chat room full of uh, Mavs fanatics, kind of like myself. But uh, I tell you what, Kirk, I was kind of nervous uh, watching. We were down by what? I think it was 31-44. And uh, I'm a very superstitious person, so I ran upstairs. I changed the jersey, and I came back down, and it seemed to pay off because uh, we kind of came back. But All right, my, guys, uh, you my... hear that? You hear it, Landon? I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Everybody, tap on Landon's icon. Give him that diamond because – I agree with him. I'm superstitious as well, but I didn't do anything <laughs> different other than go make a drink. Landon got us the win. Appreciate you, Landon. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. But, uh, I mean, I've got a bunch of questions, but the only thing I can think about right now is uh, your opinion on do you think that refs in the NBA kind of put Luka in a different scope? Because we've – I mean, I'm sure everybody in here, we've watched him for the last three years just getting beat up and beat up and beat up. And the last two years it's been like, oh, well, He's not a superstar in the league. He's not a superstar in the league. And now, like, he is a superstar. And do you think that, like, they kind of put him in a different scope? Or do you think that he's not getting calls because he doesn't, like, kind of flop like other, like, superstars do? Like, you know, kind of – he doesn't really sell the contact like most uh, players do in the league. What, what do you think about that? Well, Landon, I, I, I think it's a good question. And number number one, I want to point out that if you are, are holding a, a baby – in your hands as you're listening to this chat. You are the best kind of diehard fan. I cannot appreciate you enough. Uh, the Mavericks, or Luca in particular, is held in a different in a different zone. And it's of his own making, really. The guy in his second year shot 9.2 free throws a game. He's shooting well less than that, at least. I want to say shooting in the sevens. And there's no, the reason for that is because the Mavericks are missing a vertical spacer, but it's also because he's not getting the calls. He's driving more than he ever has. He might be driving more than NBA, any player in NBA history. Uh, the stats only go back like 10 years, but it's a ton of drives, and he's not getting calls. Why is he getting calls? Because he talks a lot. He's talking less than he has in recent years. I argue with fans and friends and and you know casual observers all the time. This is the result of years of chit-chat, of years of complaining. He can go to the rest beforehand and shake their hands like he's a parent at parent-teacher night, but they still remember the slights. They remember the talks. These guys are, 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 are human. And he sometimes, even when he's cursing in Slovenian, they're not idiots. Some of the stuff that he does is really funny, though. But, yeah, what else you got? No, what else can we no, do for you? No, no, no. Like, I, I completely agree. I mean, he does. Even, even when it's like he doesn't get contact and he's arguing with the ref, before you can see him before like a commercial hits he's always over there talking to him about something so 
Uh, yeah, he, he's always constantly like, you know, people mainly perceive him as like complaining, but I, th- I think you're right. I think he just constantly is just in their ear talking to him nonstop. But uh, no, I appreciate you bringing me on. And yeah, this is a, I got a little five week old baby today. There so, you go. but thank you. Thank you so much for letting me come on and uh, I'll let somebody come up. All right, please. I appreciate you coming up. Have a good night, Landon. Um, yeah, I remember I held, I was holding my, my, he's now five, but I was holding my, my, my son during Luca's last, or Dirk's last 40 point game against the Trailblazers. And I remember like trying not to wake him up, but also trying not to like flex too hard while I was holding him because he was asleep. It's, it's the things we do for sports. It's really out there. All right. We got one more guy coming up. The, uh, our, 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 our old friend, Jason, Jason, how you doing? I'm good. I feel like we haven't been positive about this game. We won this game. We won big. It was close in the final moments, and in the clutch, we pulled away and got up with a win. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be involved with me if people weren't gripey. But I feel I, I agree. I, I'm very pleased with this. There's the sort of you know I've been I've been standings watching more than I normally have, and there's just kind of enough happening. Like right now, the uh, the the Bucks are just pounding the Blazers, and I couldn't be more happy. And so there's. There's just a lot of there's a lot of things happening with games every night that you know when the Mavericks win like this when the win win like last night we you just got to kind of enjoy those because I don't know if they're ever going to be this year a team that goes on a real win streak just due to the kind of the nature of the roster but it, this one felt I think in hindsight this one's going to feel pretty darn good because the Knicks you know didn't necessarily show tonight because the game was ugly but the Knicks are a good defense. And I think the Knicks, I mean, the game was ugly because the Knicks make it ugly. That's just their MO, their tips team. They rough you up, they induce lots of contact, and they make it really yucky 90s style and whatnot. And I think for us, like, I mean, we were, like, basically tied going to the fourth. I think we were up, like, by three or so. And the fact that we're able to take control in the opening minutes of the fourth with some Brunson drives, some nice passes from Luka, leading to open threes, I think it's just shows some amount of maturity to the, this team. Like, okay, like it's a growing process. It's hard to see game to game, but you look at last year and you look at this year. And, like, I think I saw some stat from, like, Eddie, I don't know, I, maybe Corolla or something. He was saying, like, the math are, like, 23-4 and four in, like, games they lead by 10, which is, like, t- total opposite of what happened last year in the clutch and whatnot. We always blew the big leads, right? And, and this games year, like, that, they that, that lead by thing. 10. That's know, a that, great that's stat. Insane. We, we, we blew 13 leads of 10 or more, I think. It's like Corella had that in a tweet somewhere. And I was like, <laughs> like th- this team is growing. Like, it is. Like, and yes, maybe Luca, maybe the offense has been kind of weird sometimes. But, like, James drives up crazy. But there are defensive benefits here, I think. And it's like, okay. Like, well, I still don't think this team is really going to go anywhere. But, like, you're starting to see, okay, Luca's starting to deliver in the clutch. He's not just running the clock down, although they kind of did some running the clock down tonight. But they're actually getting to their offense that they know what they're going to do. And I don't know. I'm just happy about tonight. We beat the Knicks. We don't have this stupid KP Knicks curse and Knicks Twitter and all this dumb stuff. So I'm just happy. I'm done. And, you know, I'm going to enjoy this. And hopefully win versus the Wiz tomorrow. As you should, as you should. So, Jason, I think that's probably a great, unless anybody else wants to come up and talk, that's probably a great note to go out on because we should be happy. A win is a win. Five games above 500 at a certain point in the year. I think the Mavericks are five games below 500. So that it's been this kind of swing in a big-picture sense is 
you know, there's something to the fact that Haralabob and the Mavs and the front office in general thought this team should have been better than they've been. And if you, you know, you eliminate kind of the six game and you can't do this, it's a basketball season, but if you look at the season in segments and pass that, that six game losing streak where I think it was like February 3rd, the Mavericks are just, they've won a heck of a lot more than they've lost. And that there's not nothing going on there. So we should, you know, I'm very dramatic, and I think the rest of us are too. The losses that they've had have been very mind-numbing, uh, but the wins, you know, grinding out two wins like this is is not nothing. It's it's that's the point. That's how you you know it. It, it gives me some hope that I, I I talked in our we did one of these earlier today, which you know if you want to listen to it, you can. But it's it's we kind of talked big picture stuff. Um, I put it up on the podcast feed and and. This is why when like tonight is why I think they have a very good chance of being in the six top six in the West, despite the fact that they're three and a half games down right now. So, well, then I think that's going to do it for this evening. I appreciate you coming up, Jason. Um, we're going to do one of these tomorrow night, an earlier game. Uh, they play the Washington Wizards. As always, I would appreciate it if you could tell your friends. The locker room app, uh, whatever it becomes with Spotify, I think is going to continue to blow up, particularly once they get an uh, Android app. But we I, we cool iPhone people can lord over them. I uh, would like it if you'd go ahead and subscribe. If you would leave a review on any, whatever your podcast kind of feed is, that's really helped. We've managed to you – know, I didn't really have high expectations for this podcast when I started doing it. I just didn't want to argue with, like, Josh and my friends on Twitter anymore. I wanted to talk. And so when we started doing this podcast, my expectations were low and we've really like our audience is a lot bigger than I would have assumed. Um, and I'm really grateful for it. I'm appreciative of everybody here. So we'll do this again tomorrow night. Everybody enjoy the, uh, the rest of their Friday night. Maybe go watch uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Much like this next game, it was surprisingly entertaining. This has been Kirk Henderson at Mavs Moneyball After Dark. You guys have a great start to your weekend. 